Welcome to the Here to Be podcast, a show that gives you full permission to be, to just be you. I'm your host, Megan, a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator and embodiment coach, empowering you to stop looking outside of yourself for the answers and to lead from your inner wisdom. We're going to get real, we're going to get raw, and probably a little woo-woo. I'm so glad you're here to come with. Hello, friend. Welcome back. I'm so glad that you are hanging at the Here to Be podcast. I'm your host, Megan. I am an embodiment coach and trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. And sometimes I use trauma-informed when I speak my titles, and other times I don't. It depends. And what I have learned recently is the power and the responsibility that those title, that title in particular, all of all of my titles, not that they're who I am, but they're a part of who I am, but the power and truthfully the responsibility that those words, trauma-informed, holds. And it is something that I do not take lightly. It is something that is, I didn't understand how important it was until I experienced being cared for, working with myself, working with others, until I experienced how that actually felt, and then had a beautiful learning opportunity recently to experience what that does not feel like, what the opposite of that feels like. And it's a it's been a it's been an awakening for me. And it's been pieces that I have been getting really curious around. And that have been coming up a lot in different avenues and different ways. And it's something that I was very mindful of how I wanted to share that on here. And in the way that I wanted it to to share with each and every one of you. But it was so important that I knew I... Uh, I had to, truthfully. I really, I really believe that it was something that I had to do because not sharing that would be a disservice to each and every one of you. And so what I'm talking about is a recent experience that I had that was a re- really beautiful opportunity to learn just what awareness can allow for people. Just what taking a lens of whether we call it trauma, I'm going to use awareness because I feel that that's a little bit more encapsulating safety awareness, comfort awareness. I'm not really sure. I still haven't narrowed down how I want to speak to it, but just because it's the lens that I work in, we'll use awareness or I'll use trauma informed. And in this recent experience, it was a container that was built around personal development. What I found was there is a difference between using words like safe, safe space, safe container, supportive container, and embodying that. Walking the walk, not just talking the talk, but putting your money where your mouth is and creating a space that actually feels that way instead of just saying so. When we look at so much of what personal development is transformation, healing, truthfully, I will use all of those words. You can input what feels best for you. When we look at how so much of that is done, it is from a very hyper-masculine lens. It is from a space of 
you must break down so you can break through. A push through, a moving yourself into extreme levels of discomfort. And there's a caveat there and I will get to that. But typically how this is, is moving yourself to such discomfort that you are crumbling and then choosing to do something differently out of that. But what happens with that is when when we come at healing from a space of let's go to the bitter extreme and hope that you break down and hope, hope and pray that you are balanced and resourced and connected enough with yourself or with the people that are helping you in that process that you are able, that you have the ability and the capacity to make the choice to do something different, to make the choice to see wow, that's how I was living. I don't want to live that way anymore. I'm going to shift and change that. But what often happens when this comes from a shame-based lens, from such an intense space and an intense energy, is that we are not taking into consideration people's past experiences, people's current experiences, people's, whether it's their quote-unquote narrative or story, the way that they, the beliefs that they have currently, if we are pushing them to that better extreme and they don't know how to access safety within self, that is a huge red flag to me that you could possibly be putting somebody back in a trauma spiral, in a cycle, in a cycle of disassociating, in a cycle of fighting, flighting, freezing, fawning, I think I said like a handful of them too many times, but you get the point. We are putting ourselves in a hyper-aroused or hypo-aroused state. I dive into a little bit deeper into what trauma-informed practices are in episode 231. It's a handful back, but if if this is brand new, you might want to listen to this and then go back. Or if this is really intriguing to you and you missed that, go back and listen to two episodes episode 231. Feel into that a little bit. And I say feel because I truly mean feel. Because when we're talking about being aware, it's about your feeling. It's about what's present in your physical animal body. That's so, so, so important. And what happens then is if you're pushed to your bitter extreme and you do not have the capacity or the resource, or this is brand new for you and you don't even know what the fuck that means, is very likely, it's very easy for us to slip them into a space where we quit, where we give up, where we don't know what to do because we simply don't know what to do. Or, and the thing that I would hate the most, and I do hate this the most because I've done it, I've lived it, is to say, I am a failure again. I didn't get the transformation that I was supposed to get. I didn't get the benefit that I was supposed to get fuck it, I am a broken human, this doesn't work for me either, I'm stuck here. Is there a victim mentality in that? Yes. But can we appreciate that that victim mentality is because you don't know different and because somebody in authority has put themselves in a position where they are claiming authority, they are telling you that they have the answer, they have the way that they get to go about it, and if you don't do it in this way or this manner, then fuck it. You're not following the directions. You don't deserve to have the transformation. You don't deserve to have the healing. I need to take a breath. (laughs) I'm getting a little heated. 
And as I said in the beginning, I really went back and forth with how I wanted to share this, in what way I wanted to share it. And I was speaking with one of the people that I hold so close and near and dear to my heart. And she really encouraged me. She said, after 450 voice notes back and forth with her, and I said, okay, I have to be done. Stop. I have to be done talking about this now. This was a day I have to be done talking about it. And she said, I encourage you not to be done talking about it. I encourage you to speak your truth. I encourage you to allow others to hear this so they can make a choice for you because I want to be very clear. Me, Megan, right here, right now, want to be very clear. The way that I choose to go about things, the way that I choose to look at what feels good for me in my healing, the way that I choose to facilitate and work with other people in one-on-one coaching, in my membership community, in one-on-one breathwork sessions, in any of the coaching containers that I get to work in, it is not me saying that I'm doing this best. If you're not doing it, shame on you. That's the exact opposite. In the way that I choose to work around awareness, taking shame out is one of the very, very, very first steps. So if you're a practitioner of any kind, if you choose to practice in healing, self-development, ways of any kind, do what works best for you, please. I don't have the best answers. I know what works best for me and I know how I want to choose to practice those. I've experienced a handful of different ways and different energies, masculine, feminine, in between, I know for me personally right now in this season, what is most supportive. I cannot tell you for you what is most supportive. I cannot tell you for the people that you work with or for the way the people you come in contact with, because this isn't even just about practicing. This is about being a human. I can't tell you what is the best way for you to do that. And I will not tell you. I will share insights with different ways maybe of how, We've been conditioned to believe there's just one way. Everything works if it works for you. Everything works if it works for you. Many things might not work and that's okay too. I just want to give people that show people and allow people to really hear and see the difference of, wow, I never thought to look at it this way or, hmm, interesting. I never understood why this certain book, this certain podcast, a certain coach, this certain human rubbed me the wrong way. Wow, I get it now. I get it now. So just holding a little space for you to have a different view or truthfully, maybe to back up things that you've thought and felt to give you a little reassurance and validation of, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. So when we come and we look at healing, The things that I really would invite you to spend some time with are, is somebody creating a container for me or am I creating a container for myself that not just has the label of safe or supportive, but that's energy, that's actions, back that up. If you are in a session, when I start a breathwork session, I will do a little spiel at the beginning and one of the wordings if you've been in any of my sessions you've heard a variation of this is I am Q2 you are always Q1 let your body lead you do what feels best for you I will never tell you that I will use invitational language 
I say that in the beginning, but then I remind them of that during the session. I give them opportunity. I give them invitation throughout a session because it's one thing to say it and it's another thing to back that up. There is never a space of inviting somebody to be in consent and then having coercion or shame around somebody throughout a session, throughout any part of anything that you're practicing where there is a layer or a level of pressure, shame, or guilt around your continued consent. Again, I'm going to use this in the variation of breathwork sessions because it's very tangible to me. That's the example, but please fill in in ways that you do this. So if I'm breathing somebody in person, when I speak to them in the beginning, not only do we talk about a container of safety and sovereignty, we also talk about, hey, I might come around during a session and I might place my hands on a part of your body. I might help you to ground or to remind you that I'm there to support. If you're not interested in hands-on touch, I'm going to give everybody a card and you can flip that card to the red or the green side at any point in time during your session. This is always available to you. So you might at the beginning say, I do consent to touch. And something might come up during your session where that doesn't feel congruent for you any longer. And you might switch it back to red. And then 10 minutes later, you might switch it back to green because that feels best for you. It's allowing people not only to consent throughout the session to be in the lead and in charge throughout the session. It's also allowing people to do so without other people's lens, view, ears, eyes, judging, looking, or calling them out. It's something that somebody can do very discreetly. That could be in a class that you go to. That could be in a conference that you're at. That could be in something that you're participating in with a group of people. If there is a possibility that your consent has to be a consent from the start and you can't change that throughout, lean into that. Feel into that. How does that feel for you? If there is a level that you are giving consent and not only can you, maybe you can or can't change your mind, but it has to be approved or assessed or looked at by a group or by a person, feel into that. How does that feel for you? How would that feel for you? Maybe for me, that's not, an, if we're specifically talking about hands on touch, for me personally, that's not something that is activating or triggering to me. I'm okay with that. I'm, I enjoy that. I love getting a little bit of extra adjustment in a yoga class or getting grounding, have somebody holding my feet when I'm breathing and have that grounding presence there. I love that. That might not be for you. You might have had an experience where somebody placing their hands on you or just being physically near you is very activating. You might have certain spaces on your body where that is. It might be throat. It might be legs. It might be some space that you, it might bring something up for you. That's okay. That's okay. And if somebody is taking away your ability to change your mind and to discern what is best for you, not for them, not for the group, not for the notion of transformation, feel into that. Leading with shame, that should also be just a lens. (laughs) If at any point in time somebody is making you feel shame or guilt for something that you are or are not choosing to participate in, feel into that. There should be options for 
every, there should be an invitation for you to change your mind at any time, for you just change your position, for you to get up and leave, for you to have water, for you to take notes, for you to ask a question, for you to whatever. There should be an open invitation throughout for there to be options of choice for you and support. Do you know that if somebody is leading you into something, whether you're reading a book, whether you're at a group event, whether you're working one-on-one with a coach, whether you're just at the fucking grocery store, that one might be a little bit more challenging, but um, that there is support. If you go too far, and I'm going to explain in just a second what I mean by that, is there somebody with the ability, with the resource, with the knowledge, with the understanding of what happens if you move out of, and I'll use this term now, your window of tolerance, can they actually support you in that? And if the idea is to push somebody past their limit out of their window of tolerance, to, to what point is that? And if you're there, then what? Can they hold you in that? Can they support you in that? So I'm going to back it up a little bit and I'm going to talk about specifically the window of tolerance. This is a term that I learned through breathwork training. And what it is, is essentially we all have a window of tolerance. We have a space, almost looking at it as a lane, where you might have your edges pushed. You can be in discomfort. You might feel things happening. But you can come back to self. You can ground. You can resource. You can be okay with either being neutral or feeling a little bit, maybe feeling comfortable or maybe feeling a little discomfort. But what happens is outside of this window of tolerance are these heightened states. Hyperarousal, fight, hypoarousal, freeze, or another one that isn't often talked about, Fawn, people-pleasing. Fawn, doing immediately what it is to resolve conflict no matter what that is doing for you. So if we are in this window of tolerance as you're going through your day, your experience, your transformation, your healing, I'm not ever going to say that moving into spaces of discomfort isn't needed or necessary. I do really truly believe that we need to, as we shift, as we change, as we choose to do that, we do need to push push those edges of discomfort. That might be a moment, that might be a season, that might be a session, I don't know, but to really push ourselves, to really invite in change, Yeah, we get to feel uncomfortable. That sucks, (laughs) but that's true. But when that level of discomfort, when that edge of discomfort starts to bleed past your window of tolerance, likely what is going to happen is re-traumatization, shutting down, disassociating, coming back to thinking that you're a failure, coming back to thinking that you failed this thing, Fuck it, I am that broken human. We shared that in the beginning. And so if somebody is purposefully 
whether it is their intent or not, a lot of this can happen. And I don't want anybody to think, I really truly believe that everybody has coming from the best intentionality. I don't believe that the intention is to ever harm anybody. And I said this about the the uh, experience that I had recently. I believe that it was not in any intention to harm anyone. But the impact is not the same as the intention. The impact simply might be there because people are misinformed. People are not educated. People are taking on things that they are not equipped to handle. People are moving in a way that society has conditioned them and they just haven't experienced anything different. But when we push out of that window of tolerance, things can get dicey and things can get dicey fast. And if that person or that the session you're in isn't equipped to hold you in that, to support you in that, then you're just left on your own. That's not safe. That's not in the scope of way of practice that I choose to. And maybe you're starting to think about this of, wow, I never really realized what that experience was and why it felt so out of alignment for me. Interesting. I recent had some, recently had some really cool conversations around this with my pause pod with this beautiful group of souls that are working there for, through their facilitation training. And we talked about it in a way of micro. Micro aggression is something you might have heard with these small little words, actions that continue to come up and build over and over time. But what if we look at it as micro welcomings as well? How can you, as you're choosing to process, heal, be in, attend things, how are there ways that somebody facilitating that is having in little micro welcomings of being aware, of inviting in consent, of allowing space for you to feel safe, Maybe of inviting you into spaces of a little bit of discomfort or a lot of discomfort, but keeping you within your window of tolerance. This can go both ways. How are they maybe doing little things that are not allowing that to be true for you? And how are, when we think about this too, it's, this has been such a beautiful lesson for me for so many reasons. I've gotten to be really firm in the way that I want to, as of right now, work the way that I want to heal through myself, the way that I want to come back into myself, the value of what this means for me and the level of awareness that this gets to open my eyes to because this is my experience, it doesn't mean that it's somebody else's. I get to say all this as a white, privileged cisgender, heterosexual, female. Like the blonde, blue-eyed, normal, quote-unquote, like average person. I get to say all this with this. So how does this, thinking about awareness, how do we get to open our eyes a little bit? How can you, if you want to, if you choose to, an invitation? But for me, I get to look at it as, wow, how does this impact people that have not had the same life experiences I have? How does this impact somebody that is in a body that is different than mine? How does this impact somebody who has 
any type of learning styles that are different than mine, that operates on a different system, a different wavelength than I do. Somebody on the spectrum, somebody with uh, any type of, maybe they're able-bodied, maybe, I don't know, but it's just really starting to think about, wow, if I'm not feeling safe, if I'm not feeling comfortable, hmm, I wonder how somebody else who hasn't walked in the same life experience as I am, how are they? How are they? Not judging, please, 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 as I'm beginning to wrap this up, this is not a space to judge. This is not a space for me to stand on my soapbox. It truly is a space for me to say, you get to decide and I invite you to really feel into and really examine some of the ways and experiences that you've had and notice, hmm, yeah, that didn't sit well. Huh, I'm beginning to understand why. Beginning to understand and feel into why. Or say, I didn't notice it. This kind of pissed me off. Your voice pissed me off. Your suggestions, Megan, pissed me off. Great, then this isn't for you too. This gets to be a lesson for you. Just as my experience the other day was an experience and a lesson for me. It taught me a lot in a little micro pocket of time. I learned a lot. That's why it gets to be a really beautiful opportunity to dive deep into myself and what lands and what doesn't. And leaving with that is you get to decide. You get to decide. And if somebody makes you feel otherwise, lean into that. Lean into that. Sending you so much light, so much love, always. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I cannot tell you enough how grateful I am for you and that you get to be on this journey with me and we're here together on this wild, this wild ride. If there's something in this episode that landed with you, share it on Instagram, share it with a friend, tag me in and I want to know, I want to hear about it. I love in the ways that we get to connect and if you feel called, you can head over and rate and review this podcast It helps us to grow and share and have other like-minded souls join this community and rise together. Sending you light and love, always.